You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Oh, no! We suck again! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, we have two more weeks left of this this misery. My God, Uh, it's torture. Yeah, the good news is all systems appear go for our trip to Chicago this weekend. The bad news is we actually have to watch that game when we go out there. But everything is looking good health-wise and stuff for us to make our annual road trip to see our beloved New York football giants play. I mean, we call it that. It's really just an eating and drinking tour of the USA. and That's kind of it. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> We, we deserve to be sitting out in the freezing cold with some snow to watch this team. I think that's kind of our punishment for our, uh, you know, our allegiance. But, uh, yeah, it was looking good. Uh, all systems go so far for our trip on Saturday. Man, I thought the product on the field was the punishment for our allegiance. I, I, I didn't know that we had to bear some extra burden, I, I guess. I don't know. I guess it has to be extra torturous if we're willing to spend more of our money on this team than <laughs> Um, you know this this upcoming game against Chicago has had a chance to be one of the least entertaining games of football I've ever watched. But then this past Sunday's game against Philadelphia happened, and that was that's hard to top. I think I think the fact that Chicago is pretty bad might make that game at least somewhat entertaining. Well, this this game was a mess, man. Well, at least Chicago has a competent backup quarterback right now that they could use you know to play that's true um i don't know if you watched any of that chicago game uh yesterday but uh yeah i mean right now i mean it is what it is i mean we are playing out the string we are down we've learned one thing yesterday from the giants and that's the one takeaway you can you know looking forward going ahead is that we don't have a backup quarterback that's it you know it doesn't you know any, any of you delusional people that thought that, that Fromm was the answer or you couldn't wait to see him and all of a sudden he would you know give spark and life to this offense, everything in today I exactly predicted would happen, happened. The guy had, was not prepared to be out there. It's not his fault. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's not pre- hasn't been with this team very long. He's, you know, he is playing the position and he didn't, he was unprepared and it just showed and that's what happens when when people always say, what's the worst that can happen? That's the worst that can happen. And it could get even worse if you have somebody behind him. So the quarterback is not a position where it's next man up. It's There's a reason why there's starters. There's a reason why there's backups. And there's a reason why there's third string scout guys. And you saw exactly. You saw we have a backup quarterback who is not very good anymore, who shouldn't be in the NFL. And you saw a third string guy doing basically what a third-string quarterback does. That's my takeaway from the game. Everything else doesn't matter. It's a team playing out the string, making business decisions because they know the season's almost over, and I just want this just get this season over with so we can start rebuilding this roster. Yeah, I mean, the only real notable things were that Lorenzo Carter got his third sack in two weeks. That's it was also a forced fumble. He had a pretty decent game, and Matt Parrott tore his ACL. I mean, that's pretty significant news. We can pretty much count him out for next year, as far as I'm concerned. Bigger guy on on knees, 
it's not the same. You know, that's not the Adrian Petersons of the world are not, you know, pushing 400 pounds. So uh, you can pretty much count Matt Pair out for next year as well. Uh, as far as the quarterbacks go, I mean, you nailed it. Afram is just pathetic. You can see the limit to the playbook that he has when you look at the plays that we ran. And you can see the the lack of practice with the timing of even running plays. You can also see the limit to his ability with the attempts to throw downfield. I mean, he threw an absolute lollipop that was essentially just straight to Darius Slay, who, I don't know, I guess he decided to spike it instead of catch it. I'm not sure what that was. And, and Grump, I, I get it with this fan base. I, I am just as frustrated. Oh, no, me too. Time. I get it. I get it. But, you know something? It, there are no one-fix solutions to this, this team right now. There are so many different problems. And it wasn't, we'll fire Jason Garrett and now get the offense going. It, it's not bring in... Jake Fromm because I've never seen him before and it's well it's something different it's this offense has to be completely rebuilt from the top down from the coaching staff through the players uh and that's it and you can't you can't just look for scapegoats and blame them and that's it I mean now everybody's blaming Joe Judge because the offense was so bad yesterday I mean give me a break guys I mean come on look who's playing Look, we talk about Parrot being he's, – he's out for the year. We're down to our third-string right tackle. We're down to backup center, backup right guard, uh, third-string quarterback. He can barely get any of our receivers healthy. Saquon, he's probably still hurt the way he's playing. I mean, it, it, be realistic. It's it's not just the coach's fault. It's, and it's not, well, we should coach him up. That, that's not the way it works in the NFL. It's based on talent. And you don't have the talent playing on the field. That's what you're going to get. I mean, it sucks – None of us want to be in this position, but we are. And it's just the way it is until this roster gets rebuilt. Yeah, so Glennon came in and he, he plays like a shitty backup. So I went and I tried to find just how comparable I could, I could make this to where the statuses of our backups right here and the best comparisons I could find in last year is that Mike Glennon finished 17 of 27 for 93 yards with one touchdown and one interception, which was fairly comparable for half a game to Ben DiNucci in the one game that he started for the Cowboys last year when Andy Dalton had a concussion after the foot injury to Dak Prescott. Ben DiNucci went 21 of 40, remember he played the full game, for 180 yards, so that's double, and two fumbles. Yeah, um, I, was, I was actually in Dallas that week watching that game because we were there for the World Series, and I remember sitting at a bar, and basically... All the cowboy fans just left. They just like I don't even want to watch this garbage anymore. So yeah, that's it's how because bad he was. that's because he played like a third string quarterback, which is what right. our second string quarterback played like. Now to, to assess Jake Fromm, the best I could do for 2020 was comparing him to Kendall Hinton, who, if you don't remember, is the practice squad. Or no, I don't think he was practice squad, but he was the undrafted free agent wide receiver picked up by the Denver Broncos, who had to play quarterback. Yeah. Um, uh, because of the COVID violation of protocol between in the, in the quarterback room, um, he went one for nine for 13 yards and two interceptions. Jake Fromm went six for 17 for 25 yards and one interception. Yeah, so I mean, fairly have, comparable right there. You'd rather have Jake from State Farm being your quarterback instead of Jake Fromm. He was that bad. I mean, yeah. it was really – but you know something? That's – that's what I expected, and I try to tell you people. You know, that's well, wait, wait, wait. So, 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 to further your point about where we're going to get with with rebuilding the roster, we got news today, right? We got some reported leak that uh, Mara is decided to stick with, or hasn't decided. I mean, the plan is that Mara is sticking with 
Daniel Jones and Joe Judge through next year. Um, so that's that's the news that we've already gotten. Now, in the past, we've already heard that it, we've already had it leak that Dave Gettleman is reportedly out at the end of the year, which we we assumed for a very long time. But we we heard that leak for the first time from people with check marks and and that sort of thing. Um, so as it stands with uh, rebuilding the team, I mean, we now have some pretty serious news. We have a GM spot that's reportedly going to be vacant, but we don't have um, vacancies at coach or quarterback. Well, let's, let's before we even get any further, let's talk about that really quickly. I mean, your initial reactions to both of these things. I mean, for me, you know, as much as people want to lay all the blame on Joe Judge, I think it's impossible really to do a full evaluation on him yet based on the way this roster has been this year and everything that happened last year. I mean, there are things that we don't like about him. We've talked about the clock management. We've talked about things like that. But, you know, blaming Judge on the way the offense played this past week is ridiculous. And I think that – I think there's a lot of things that ownership and probably, you know, current, you know, GM Dave Gettleman like about the guy his organizational uh, skills, how he's you know building up the infrastructure on this team, how the coaching staff works, everything that there's they still need more of an evaluation period for him, and I think you know that's something that the mayors feel. Daniel Jones, it just doesn't make any sense to move on from him at this point right now. I mean, just thinking about it from a cap perspective and a draft perspective, it doesn't. I mean, the guy is going to be one of, from a if you want to think about it in terms of what his salary is relative to the rest of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, he's one of the cheaper quarterbacks in the league next year. I'm not talking about picking up the fifth-year option. I'm talking about year four. We're going to have two very, very high draft picks. You've all seen how bad this offensive line is. You've all seen the need for a pass rush on this team, a major edge rusher. You can go either one of those directions. They are bigger needs on this team than quarterback is right now for way this roster is currently constructed. We are not a quarterback away from making the playoffs. We are not a quarterback away from making the Super Bowl. So why repeat the same mistake we did, you know, by drafting Saquon Barkley at a time when you could have a chance to really, you know, fortify an offensive line that, you know, we just said that we just lost our right tackle for the year and probably out almost all of next year. So now we really have to replace most likely four starters because Will Hernandez blows right now. I, to me, this is kind of like a, you know, certainly the Daniel Jones ones is almost a no-brainer. He's coming back. The, the uh, Joe Judge one, I can certainly understand. I don't have a problem with that at all. Wow. So, um, I don't know. I guess I have a couple thoughts on it. Um, I can. When I think about Joe Judge, uh, I agree. Uh, I I feel like I haven't gotten a chance to see enough of him to really accurately say like he is the guy, he isn't the guy. Like I just don't. I, I just feel like it's just two years is already a short sample size to make that assessment when you have a terrible roster. It's you know a COVID year and then a year where the entire roster gets injured on one side of the ball is is really really tough to to make an evaluation. But I mean I have seen things like you said that I like and things that I don't like. My biggest issue and what worries me the most is I think the things that I like about him the most are the little things that I think 
change a good coach into a great coach. I think his his CEO point of view, I think the way he surrounds himself with with experience and talent, you know, former head coaches, guys who had success, um, other guys that he's worked for under the same coaching tree of the the Belichick or the Saban coaching tree. You know, I, I think he does all those little things, you know, putting himself wherever it's needed to fix whatever problem is going on. Those are all the little things that I think make a good coach great. But my problem is the things I don't like about him are the things that make a a coach. I mean, the things that separate bad coaching from regular coaching. I mean, clock management, in, in conservative decision making. I mean, these are the kind of things where I've seen no improvement from him at all. I mean, the the, the best improvement I had. I mean, again, I do feel like it's incomplete. I mean, he's had two rosters now where even in, against terrible teams, he's got to coach to win and sometimes that means being conservative to protect the lead he probably shouldn't have against whatever team you know and you have to operate within the confines of your roster you had different problems last year you had a legitimate problem with your roster now you've made some changes this year and and half of them get hurt now you're not even dealing with guys who are fringe starters you're dealing with guys who are fringe backups playing i mean it's a totally different thing of conservatism here's the thing grump i think a lot of it is based upon this current roster is you know is he going to be always as conservative when he has more that's playmakers a, exactly that's that's, that's my question that's that. why and that, and that might be a conversation that's already been happening in the building but that but that's what i'm actually saying right now right um i, I think he might be too overly we're my biggest complaint all year has been the conservatism and how this team doesn't play like a modern nfl team is he that way because he understands the limitations of his quarterback and the backup quarterbacks and the offensive line and, and every week there's two and three playmakers out and worrying about the defense and it's just like our best chance to win is to do this to be ultra conservative or is it that's just the way he is and to me that's an unknown and right that's, that's but that's chance. Yeah. that's what i'm saying right now yeah okay so yeah that's that's kind of my takeaway on judge i, I can understand I can get bringing him back. Like I said, he's had two shitty years now. He's had to deal with things that are not the norm. Um, And then you move on to Jones. I will say I think it depends on what the limitations are of Jones is coming back next year. If it's simply that statement as in I want Jones to get a crack at the job, you know, I I don't want to cut him, you know, whatever – then that's fine. You know, he certainly deserves that. But if if it's being delivered that it's quarterback is off the market this offseason, I think that's bullshit. I mean, I'm not really I'm not one of these people putting cut-ups of Kenny Pickett and Malik Malik Willis and and guys from this quarterback class that I don't really like, like Matt Corral, you know, guys that have some level of traits, maybe they'll float around the league for a little bit. I don't love any of those guys, but I'm also not a scout. I haven't went around the country, met these kids, watched them grow over the last couple of years, talked to their coaches, their families. I am not a source. So, you know, to, if if the directive is that, then I don't agree with it. I mean, everything should be on the table. Yeah, I, I, to me, I'm, I'm going to fall back to – is whatever you think of Daniel Jones, if you think he's, if you if you don't like him, you don't like him from, from the day they drafted him. You just, you know, you just want to move on from him for whatever. We haven't seen enough of him either because of him personally or the the cast of characters around him. Again, I'm going to stick falling back to. There's a cost to replace him. 
you know, and if it comes in right, picks, but but what I'm saying is, if, if if that's your guy, though, I'm just saying to take it totally off the table. You know, if 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 the scout comes to the room with some information on Kenny Pickett, and, and they're just like, you know, he he is the guy. I mean, he's he's gonna be Dan Marino, and then the whole room of scouts go to Mara, and they're like. I know what you said about Jones, but we really think that Kenny Pickett's the guy. You know, forget Daniel Jones. It's not even about replacing him. It's about this is a guy that we should have. You know, if 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 he would listen to that and and okay it, then I'm okay with it. That's fine. But what I'm saying is, if he ignores directive like that, then he's being foolish. Again, I, it's looking at the whole roster in total. Then, because again, to me, great. We may be drafting Dan Marino, but if we have an offensive line as bad as it's been this year and we've done really next to nothing to improve it what good is he are you kidding me because it's Dan Marino you're not getting him for one year I'm, that's right. what I'm saying if the guy you think truly is Dan Marino then you assume that Dan Marino does not come around on trees and that you have the ability to get him so I just want to know that Mara will listen to that and say Okay, if you think he's Marino, you're the scouting department. I am the owner. Do it. What do you think is more realistic? That That's not my point, the, though. No, listen, no. Let me, let me say what I was going to say. Okay. What do you think is more realistic? That these stories we're hearing being floated out in the media or what's really going on behind the scenes or conversations that are really going on behind the scenes. Why would they, sh- why would they kind of like show their hand this early in the process – you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't seem logical that any organization would do that. Any owner would do that. I think I think everything is on the table. I don't buy necessarily any of the – they have to keep this coach. They have to keep this quarterback. I think there's suggestions and recommendations what this ownership would prefer. But, you know, if a GM comes in with a plan and it's – you know, he could sell it, I think Mayor would be open to it. I, I certainly do that. I also think I want to throw a little conspiracy theory at you real quick. Have you noticed how these stories have been kind of coming out like in dribs and drabs? And, you know, first it was Gettleman's probably not coming back. Then it became they're looking to probably promote from within. Then it's a story about, well, Judge and and Jones are they're going to they're going to be back next year. There's a story this morning from uh, Matt Lombardo saying that oh there's a couple of other candidates out there from outside the the uh, the organization who the Giants would be interested in. He named off a couple of names of guys. I, they're not in front of me. I don't know who they are. But I don't remember. But my point is, conspiracy cranky fan feels that every one of these stories is more of a trial balloon being floated through the media to gauge reaction to it, more than this is what they are officially doing. And again, part of it is because why would you show your hand in November and December for something that's going to happen in January and then in April through the draft and free agency? And also just to kind of see this fan base has been beaten down so badly. Believe me, this ownership group knows the aggravation and the frustration, and they know that they're very, very lucky that they have an extremely loyal fan base. There'll be 30,000 people in the Meadowlands next year. They know they have their – so – I think a lot of these stories are just floating trial balloons to see gauging reaction and pushback. You know, this story today, all of a sudden, you know, there's a couple of guys from outside the organization. Sounds like, well, everybody's super pissed right now that you know 
the re, the response to keeping it in house did not go over well. Here's a little floating an air biscuit to them to say, well, maybe we're not doing that. Maybe to keep people from jumping off buildings. What do you think about that? I think that I think it's possible that this information is being intentionally leaked out for hiring GM candidates. I I really hope that it's not to gauge fan reaction because this fan base is not right about everything and should not be listened to about everything and not everything is a good or bad idea. If 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 the fans are sick of seeing guys from within, I can understand, but the fans are not in the building. They don't know these people. It is possible that some of the people that the fans want gone, you know, myself included, would not miss them. Uh, you know, it's possible that they are actually very good and qualified candidates that might be our best shot at success. I don't know that. Who am I? I don't know what, you know, whatever their their role is in, in the department based on whatever is said from ex-scouts and, and based on whatever their responsibilities are listed on their on their letterhead or whatever may be one thing. But, I mean, if there's something we know about places like this and the higher-ups, I mean, sometimes people just have titles. Sometimes people don't do things. Sometimes people aren't allowed to do things. They have a title, but they are not it's not that they're not capable of doing them. It's that they are not allowed to act on those things. Things have to be passed through a superior that won't let them. So I don't know. And, um, yeah, and, and Grupp, I was going to actually – I want to tie this into a, uh, a listener question we had. Um, go for, well, well, basically just – wait, 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 wait. Wait. But just just to, to end that, I really hope that ownership is not listening to the fans to gauge the re- – they need to – they're the ones in charge, man. I know that it's not their job to be with with sleeves rolled up doing the work, but it's their job to know that stuff and to tr- to hire the right people and to trust them. The public are not those people at all. They well, don't also, know also, much of anything. It also be judging not necessarily just the fans but maybe just how the league looks at the Giants because you know this is, is – a, there's a perception about the Giants that comes from the different organizations, the media, you know, their peers within the league and stuff. So I, that might be kind of trying to gauge. I, that doesn't make me feel much better, to be honest. It doesn't. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just have a feeling these stories just seem. It just seems like there's a steady drumbeat of stories that are. I agree with that. I, I like I said. I just I hope that's to they're, they're you know inf- inform candidates maybe. Yeah, of their, you, I don't know. Think, you think candidates are hearing this information in the news or you think they're getting it from I, – I think this is a very tight-knit fraternity. Is it possible that it's going out to their agents and their agents are the ones slipping the story? I mean you know, the Giants being the ones knowing that it's being slipped or maybe even telling the agent they're allowed to slip the story to it or something? I mean that's possible, right? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, then there you go. Yeah. So what so, were you saying about a question? Yeah, we got a question from uh, Bruce uh, – Okay. Part of, the, of our 124 crew actually had a question. Assuming Gettleman retires and Judge and Jones return, who should the Giants look to be? Wh- who should the Giants look to be their new GM? Promote from within, like a guy like Ken Abrams, or hire from the outside from a team that drafts well, like the Colts, Chiefs, Steelers, Packers, etc. And then part two to that is. Would someone from the outside take a job with the Giants if they can't hire a coach and quarterback? 
Uh, why don't you go first? That's that's a lot. That's a lot. So the first part of the question would be, what would I do? Would I coach? Would I promote from inside or the outside? I think a little bit. It's like what you just kind of said that I don't really know what everybody does inside the building right now, so I don't have a real gauge of is there is there an heir apparent, you know, coming up that Gettleman grooms somebody, and if he does, it would be groomed in the same way that Gettleman was. I don't know. Um, all things considered equal, I think this team needs a complete overhaul from top to bottom. The way they are doing things for the last decade has not worked. Some of it's been outside their control. A lot of it's been inside their control. I, I've said this multiple times on this show. I think this team is a completely different culture. I think this team needs to be pushed into the 21st century. I think it needs to... Uh, be more of a modern team when it comes to offense and trying to score points and outscoring a team as opposed to the ground and pound lunch pail giants that this team loves to cloak itself in as an image and you know kind of the way they play games so if it was me personally i think you need to bring in someone from the outside to completely you know reevaluate everything and do something different something that is more in line with the league is the second part of it is would somebody from the outside take the job if they can't hire the coaching quarterback? I think a big thing that people are kind of missing on this is that the only thing we've heard through some of these rumors and leak stories is Judge and Jones will be back next year in 2022. We haven't heard a word about they will never be able to fire Joe Judge. They will be forced to keep Daniel Jones for 2022, pick up the fifth-year option, re-sign him after that. That's the way it is for the end of time. I think if I'm a GM, actually, you know, I almost want to kind of keep them around for a year to see what I have first. Because, again, the reasons I gave specifically with Daniel Jones is that it doesn't make any financial sense. It doesn't make any sense to, you know, take one of these high draft picks right now with there's so many other needs on this team and do some inner evaluation as opposed to evaluation on the outside. And just because a GM is coming in, you know, they're evaluating the entire roster. They're evaluating the entire infrastructure of this team, scouting department, the way they evaluate, they, the way they draft, the way they uh, evaluate free agents, the way they evaluate their coaches, everything, you top to the bottom. Joe Judge, I think, like I said before, Jury's out, and a lot of it's been on, beyond of his control. GM comes in and see what he has with him, and if he doesn't like it, you go to your ownership and say, "Look, I've worked with the guy for years. He's been here three years. I don't like the way it works." And that's your job as GM is to convince ownership that you're making a change. If you can't make that convincing, well, then we have bigger problems with culture of this team. But, and same with uh, Daniel Jones, and even if that means picking up the fifth-year option because you have to. It's only for two years, and you can always draft a guy next year and have that, that one year transitioning another guy in. So I don't think it makes that much of a difference for a GM coming in, especially a guy who's not a GM before. They're looking for their first job in the NFL as a GM. All of a sudden, they're going to be like, well, I'm not taking this job because I can't, you know, my hands are tied a little bit for a one year potential. I don't think it makes that much of a difference personally. Uh, so that was a really complete and really good answer. Um, I'm going to work backwards from, from there so we, we stay on the same path here. Would someone from the outside even take the job if they can't change the coach and QB? Um, 
again, exactly like you said, they didn't say for all eternity. They it's it's just for 2022. So in my mind, I don't see how that's really a major major negative. So I mean, the negative is kind of obvious, right? It's that you are stuck in 2022 with these two things, which means guys on the market in 2022 are gone. They're off limits for you because they're going to get hired elsewhere most likely. If they if you're so interested in them, then they're going to be hired somewhere when when you know whatever. But other than that, you have two positives here. You have a head coach that the ownership already really really likes um and you know, that should count for something. So you've already got him under contract and you've had two years where he's had some bad luck with having to deal with a pandemic and then having to deal with a a pandemic and a bad roster and then having to deal with the second wave or continuation of that pandemic and a roster that then got decimated by injuries. Um, So you don't totally know what you already have, but you have it. So you get a year to see what you've already got that nobody else is allowed to have. But if he does suck, it's almost like you get a free pass on the year. I mean, it was stipulated into your contract that you're not changing these two things for 2022. It's almost like saying you're not allowed to do your job to its fullest for one full year. Now, it would be in your best interest as a person doing an interview to say, that's fine, but if 2022 is a mess, I don't want to hear it. Because I'm inheriting a cap that I can only do so much with. I'm inheriting a roster I can only do so much with. And now you're telling me I'm stuck with these two things. They're things I can't change. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, So you're kind of getting a free pass or you're getting a, a good coach. So, I mean, to me, it's almost a win-win. The negative is if if you really like Mike Zimmer or something like that and he gets fired from the Vikings, he's probably going to get hired somewhere else and you don't get to hire him. That's probably the biggest negative for, for part two of that question. Well, I, I think a little bit also is how much do you really want X to be your GM? If there's somebody that you really, really, really want, then all of a sudden – yeah, the you poker, can change your terms and conditions the, the, whenever the hell you want. The poker game changes, you know. Sure. If, if they really want to go out and make a move to get, I don't know, the GM of Kansas City, for example, really, really want to poach him and get him, he can go. He can certainly go in and say, "Well, if that's the case, I get to bring in, you know, X as my head coach." What are you gonna do? They really want that GM. Yeah. There's you know, no reason they can't change their own terms and conditions. Of course, yeah. And also, um, and also, everybody's looking at this with the assumption that Daniel Jones sucks and the assumption that Joe Judd sucks. You kind of alluded to this a little bit also. We, I think we're both in agreement. We are very much both, you know, juries out on both, right? We don't, we, we don't have any final grades on what Daniel Jones is going to be a successful quarterback in this league. No, unfortunately. Right? And, 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 Right, for reasons... That, that are, was like the one thing I wanted to come out of this year from Jones was to know how I felt about him, and I don't. <laughs> I, I don't, and a lot of it is beyond his control. Yeah. All right, wait, wait, hang on, hang on, because there's a, there's a first part of this question here, and I yeah. think it's really, really interesting. So it's assuming that Gettleman retires and Judge and Jones return, who should the Giants look to take the GM spot and that's promote from within or hire from outside uh, from sure. a team that drafts well? Um, Okay, so this is actually kind of interesting because some news kind of came out a little bit 
um, and then was endorsed by Lawrence Tynes, which you know people reacted very unfavorably to, and that was that Kevin Abrams is being considered <clears throat> from within. Now, to answer this question, I'm going to say that you know I've already said that you know you can hire from the outside, and that that GM to me gets a bonus year. They get a free year where they they can't be fully graded, they can't be fully assessed for how good or bad a team does with the with the handcuffs that they're given. Uh, so they could take that job, but I do think that that may keep people from wanting to take the job or, or even consider it. I, I do think that some GMs will. You know, I think. Ego plays a little bit of a role in in stop, positions like this. Stop for one second, okay. uh, Grump. I'm going to ask you a question. Is this Giants job a very desirable job right now? I don't think so. Okay. so I, I never really thought that it was. I mean, you get extra pressure here. I mean, the, the only thing that's really great here is that you know, this this organization has a reputation for treating its people well, even if things don't work out well. Um, so you at least have that. Um, and... I don't I don't know. I guess you get some level of prestige if there's success, but you are under constant fire and criticism from the moment you show up for anything here. I don't know how and desirable also, that is. And also for, you know, the salary cap issues this team has, the roster being Oh yeah, and, and for the very specific about. year that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean you're inheriting this, a damn mess. This is not a very desirable job relative to other jobs will be but, out. But 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. How I mean, what percentage of GM vacancies are you not inheriting something like that? I mean, it, whenever you're a GM looking for a job, I mean, you have to know that there is a 99.9% chance that the person picking up the phone to call you has a catastrophe of a situation on his hands. And that's yeah. that's, what, that's what you're working with. I, I don't think that's all that different from any other organization looking for a new GM. Right, but... Yeah, it's a little we, different, we, but yeah, we we know what the issues are again with the cap and all these different things we have. You know, there's a there's a major question mark at, qu- at quarterback. There's major rebuilding in the offense. There's a lot of work to be done. My question was, is this one of the more desirable jobs out there right now? I can't imagine that it is. So that that's the point of, you know, I don't know if if we can even uh, attract the elite candidates out there for this job. That's my only point. So keep going. So so here's my real thought here. And I, my, my answer to this question is I would promote from within in this situation. If you're going to keep Joe Judge and Daniel Jones, and I think that this is already kind of the plan. The inside track for the job is Kevin Abrams. You're going to reti- retire. You're going to – Dave Gettleman is going to retire or he'll be released or whatever official word is out, Right. You bring in guys who are interested in the job and you tell them, look, we'd really like to keep the coach here. Um, we want to give him another year. If you're interested, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. And if nobody wows you, maybe the better thing to do is promote somebody like Kevin Abrams, who most people want gone anyway. And he is your one more year leash that Dave Gettleman would get if he, you know, could if you could attach him to the end of Joe Judge's evaluation of after three years of Judge, you know, if you could have pushed Gettleman one more year, maybe you would. Maybe he actually does want to retire. Maybe he doesn't even want to be here after that. But but maybe is Kevin Abrams that one year extension where it's like you've got this one year. If Judge turns it around and you've done a pretty good job, you know, we'll keep you going. But after if That's not, a, we're axing everybody all at once. So that my. 
my concern about that, if you're like basically on a one-year contract type of thing, is are you making moves just to kind of save your own ass for one year, or are you making moves that are in the best interest for the long-term sustainability and viability of the team? That's what that would, would be concerning me a little bit. I mean, that would be concerning me as well. Uh, I just. I think you've already kind of got that with the head coach anyway. And it's not like you have a whole lot of money. I mean, the worst thing they could do would be to trade first-round picks for Russell Wilson, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like they have a whole lot of stuff to, to swing around, you know, to entice, you know, these home run moves. I mean, I don't know what you – what you, you'd have to cut the major contracts they just gave out yeah, as home run moves. The tough thing really is to kind of identify what, what would be considered – Success in one year, other than just win loss record. Like, what, what what could you see in only one year's amount of time to say this is? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, what I'm saying is perhaps what you said earlier is that Dave Gettleman perhaps has been grooming Kevin Abrams for the last four years, or how long has it been? Has it been four? Yeah, it's for the last four years now, and Kevin Abrams is now getting a one year extension. Maybe Kevin Abrams has been mostly running the show. I mean, we don't know, right? Do we? He just came out on a press conference this year with Dave Gettleman by his side. It was the first time we'd ever really seen this friggin' guy, right? I mean, I don't, I don't remember any other press conferences with Kevin Abrams before. So maybe, maybe he's been running the show, or maybe, maybe this year was the first year he ran the show as GM, and he did the contracts for all these guys, and you know, maybe he was more involved in the draft or, or something like that. And now this is his shot. And really, he's not being graded on just one year. Maybe this is his year in full control, but maybe he's actually being graded on multiple years. I mean, it's interesting. I haven't thought of something like this. I just, you know, again. Well, I mean, the, the question was asked to me today, so. Yeah, I mean, like, again, we don't like to judge everything based on just what the fans would think, but I think there'd be an enormous backlash if that was the plan. Why is that? Got out. I think because I think if they're saying this is just an extension of Dave Gettleman, I think this fan base is like enough of this fucking guy, and he was a failure. I want him out of here. Well, what he if it's what if it's what if it's Dave Gettleman wasn't really even involved in 2020. That was Kevin Abrams. He managed the trade down. Uh, you know, got Kadarius Tony. You know, he he signed. Uh, Kenny Galladay did got got the Leonard Williams extension done. That was actually all Kevin Abrams. Dave Gettleman was just kind of teaching him along the way. This is a one year extension from the one year that he's really been in control. Uh, I still think that the fans aren't the, the fans right now are not rational. I mean, I I, I think I agree with that, but maybe yeah, to I, I, less I, extent than what you were previously say, saying. They're gonna say right or wrong. We've been rebuilding now for a decade. And you're telling me now that we're just going to continue doing exactly what we were doing before? <laughs> I, I I think they may come out with some pitchforks. I think. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's certainly possible. But, but I mean, do you think that's even possible? Anything I said? I think it's I, I think it's probable. <laughs> I mean, there's a question. There's a difference between what we would do and what we think will happen. You know, what I would do is I would hire from the outside. What I think will happen is. Exactly, you know, the plan of, of, of Kevin Abram being the new GM. I don't know if it's on a probationary um, period like you said it would be. That'd be interesting. Um, but I think I think they, they're they going to keep it from within. I, I think 
there's something to what we were saying that both of us said about that Gettleman's been gradually handing the baton over. It may not be as cut and dry as, okay, he's been basically running it from last year, but I think he's been groomed. And I think I think that sends a very bad message to this fan base of we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. You need to have patience That's fair. with us. That's fair. And I, I, I think I think there'll be there'll be outrage for it. Now, so, uh, they're not going to get rid of their seats because there's PSLs, but I think people will be really really pissed. I, I uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. And one of my things is when you say like when people say would you hire someone from outside or would you hire this guy, it's like. I can't really judge GMs because I don't know what any of these people truly do. I don't know how involved they really are. I don't know if there's a cap guy who fixes all of this guy's fucking problems. I don't know if there's just an elite scouting department at this place. I don't know. But I'm much better at evaluating coaches. And, um, you know, the Giants have two very important coaching positions that they have to fill. I mean, we already discussed that Rob Sale is as good as gone. Just assume that that information is 100% true because that's what we're hearing. Um, and that we're just it's just a, a countdown until the season's over and then it will be announced but it is as done as done and then you know we already know Jason Garrett is out so you have an offensive line coach that needs to be gone you have an offensive coordinator that might be gone it's been suggested and it's very possible we may need a defensive coordinator after this year don't uh, yeah let's not go there I don't I even want to discuss that yet it's a possibility it's 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 a possibility yeah it is but I'm going to assume that that's not happening just yet. And, uh, yeah. you know, people people have made the link to Dan Mullen, and I know we've kind of already discussed it, but, you know, it, maybe that's getting a little bit louder now. And, you know, especially since, we, you know, Rob, Rob Sale is joining the Florida staff. So you've now maybe we've swapped. Um, Dan Mullen, very, very successful offensive coordinator. But, I mean, like, I, would it work? I mean, would there be a match there? Uh, my answer is no uh, first of all Dan Mullen is a head coach he's been a head coach now for 15 years at the college level um, he thinks he's a head coach he also thinks he is the smartest guy in the room that's and, definitely true and that is a problem especially now all of a sudden after 15 years going back um, and becoming you know reporting up to another head coach where a lot of the decisions he makes will no longer be his decision. Um, he's a he's a very good um, uh, developer of quarterbacks. You know, Dak Prescott's in the league. Uh, he took Kyle Trask, who's a walk-on, and you know, really had some consideration for being the Heisman last year. I uh, he failed with Emory Jones, obviously, but you know, I. I, I he also is a guy who doesn't take criticism well and does not work well with others. And I could see that being, you know, assistant coaches and coordinators don't talk to the media as often in the NFL as head coaches do in college. And he was a guy that did not work well with the media. He was a horrible face of the of the program. Every time they lost, there was excuses there was, you know, defiance. There was just like he made you cringe every time he spoke. I don't think his act would play in the NFL. I, I think the guy is – I think he's going to end up being a head coach somewhere in the uh, – back in college, maybe not in like an SEC level school, but somewhere, you know, like a uh, you know a gang of six school or something. Um, 
yeah, I just I don't see it. I, I don't I just don't see him as, as an NFL offense coordinator. And the other thing I don't like about him too is he he has a lot of the same traits that you know ironically that um, Joe Judge has. He tends to be pretty conservative. Um, you know, he's not a guy with a minute and fifteen left in the first half who's all of a sudden going to do a you know march down the field and try to kick a field goal. Um, clock management, little questionable as well. So while he's similar in philosophy to him, I think it would be oil and water with him and, and uh, Joe Judge together. So I, I just don't, I don't see it as ever working. Yeah, it sucks because it's a, it's a successful offense. It's a good offense, and, but it sounds like it, not only would it not work in New York, it wouldn't work with Joe Judge flat out. So I don't even know how that interview would go. I mean. I mean, and, and it also sounds like even if he came here, it would be a one-stop shop <clears throat> kind of move, you know, might be yeah. here for a year and then move exactly. on to coaching this Minnesota, is, you know, Gophers or something. This is a guy that last year, you know, after moderate success with the Gators, they were almost, they were this close to making the playoff last year. It's hard to believe, but all of a sudden through his, his agent started floating interest in the NFL of interviews and things, which never were happening. So he's an opportunist. Like I know he was at Mississippi State for 12 years, but as soon as he had the opportunity to go to Florida, he jumped. So all of a sudden he was starting to make up these stories. That might have been for leverage for a new contract to Florida. Who knows? But it definitely was a bad look for him. Hmm. And who's to say, you know, if he's here one or two years that he's not looking to become a head coach again, because once you're a head coach, it's very hard to not think you're a head coach anymore. Yeah. Guys have guys have failed, you know the Norv Turners and the um, Wade Phillips of the world who keep they're they're great coordinators and they keep failing a head coach because they think they're head coaches and I think he'd be the same way. Well, I mean that's kind of going to be our work throughout the off season is to look at these GM guys, to look at these head coaching, uh, uh, offensive coordinators, O line coaches, maybe even defensive coordinator. Guys, you know, maybe even head coaches. I mean, like I said, this is just a leak source. It may not have any truth to it at all. So that's say, it for yeah, now. I, my best advice would be don't take everything you're seeing as gospel. Let's let all this play out a little bit. It doesn't matter what you hear now. And even until you see Gettleman no longer the GM and a new guy hired and, and this and that, you know, it, it's fun to think about. But don't take any of it too seriously until it actually happens. Yeah, so you know that's that's it for this episode. We're just kind of kicking the can down the the street for the end of the year. But what, you know, as news comes in, you know, we are talking about all this stuff. But the off season is going to be very, 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 very busy with all sign- kinds of stuff because it normally is anyway with draft stuff and free agent stuff that we dive into, on top of you know just general NFL playoff stuff that might be interesting or fun to talk about. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about all of these things, and it, it is going to be a flurry. On you know on on Pink Slip Monday or whatever the hell it's called because most of that news leaks Sunday afternoon to Sunday night. So all of those guys that get fired might be considered for offensive coordinator positions or whatever. So this is all very very important stuff. And uh, for that, you should follow us on Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump. He's at the cranky fan. The show is at just giants pod. And all these episodes can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, and more. And of course the episodes are on YouTube as well. So with that, we'll see you on Friday. Go giants. Go giants.